Welcome back to the Mercy Came Running Podcast. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you're a frequent listener, welcome back. As a reminder, we publish podcasts here every Monday morning as an encouragement to start your week, as a pick-me-up in the middle of the week, or to reflect on the week gone by. Let's get into today's scripture. I pride myself on being a problem solver. At work, I, I, I want to be the one to fix things. When something goes down, I want to be able to fix it. I want to be able to show other people how to how to fix things. And I remember one particular day, I had three things. Um, three of our machines went down, different machines in the restaurant. And and um, I know they needed to be fixed. And because they weren't being fixed, then we were losing productivity. And um, it wasn't good for the team. And so I wanted to fix those things. I wanted to get them done, get them out of the way. And I didn't really take time to really think through the process and really think through what I needed to do to fix those things. And none of the three things got fixed. And I went home dejected because I'm a, I'm a completer. I'm a task completer. When I complete a task, it gives me that rush of endorphins and, and, uh, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm getting things done in a timely manner. Well, this didn't happen that particular day. I wrestled with those things all day. Knew I wasn't going to get them finished in a timely manner and apologized to my team. And I went home and said, tomorrow I'll get them fixed. But I went home dejected because, like I said, I am a fixer. I want to fix things. I want to um, make sure that things are running correctly, running as they should. Uh, Being a problem solver, I like to um, be able to make sure those things are being fixed in a a timely manner and in the correct way. And when I didn't get to do those things that day, I went home and I just was sad. Like I didn't accomplish anything. Like nothing really mattered that day because I didn't fix anything. I didn't fix those things. When I went home and I thought about it, thought about the things I needed to do to fix them, to um, thought about the, the procedures necessary. I looked up some things on the internet and in some of the um, in some of the instruction manuals that came with the with the those particular uh, devices, and I went back the next day and I didn't know for sure how things were going to turn out because the day before was just not that good and. Didn't um, I didn't know if I was really going to be able to get them fixed in a timely manner. Uh, ultimately, I thought I might just actually have to call somebody to come in and fix them, pay somebody to come in and fix them. But I got back in there and I started, I knew I had those three tasks. I needed to get those things done. And so I started on the first one. And I had an epiphany. And it was like, things just started falling into place. And what was so hard the day before (laughs) seemed like it was much easier the next day. I don't know why. I don't know why it was easier for me that day, but it was like, bam, 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 all three things fixed before lunch. Mission accomplished. Day made. And I think to myself, why couldn't I have done this yesterday? Why couldn't I have done this yesterday? And I think that sometimes we need to go through situations in our lives where we have disappointments. We need to go through things in our lives where they're not 
quick and easy fixes. Because that doesn't really help us to learn anything. We learn most of our struggles. We learn mostly through our struggles. Through the valleys in our lives. Not the mountaintops, but the valleys. We, we mainly learn through the hardships and the hard times of our lives. When, when things don't go our way, that's when we learn the real lessons of life. And maybe you're in that situation right now. Maybe, maybe you're a student and you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life. You're not really sure right now. You're in college and you're not really sure where you want to go, but you, you have some kind of idea and you just can't figure it out and you're frustrated. Or maybe you're at a job and you're thinking that you want to make a change. You just don't know what. Maybe you're looking to relocate from one town to another. Maybe you're um, contemplating other things in your life. And you just can't get to the answer. And it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Because we all go through that. But it's the struggle that makes us stronger. Hmm. It's the struggle. <laughs> say that again. It's the struggle that makes us stronger. It's good that we that we grapple with those things. And the good news is we haven't we're not the only ones that have grappled with those things. We're not the only ones who have been caught in a tight situation or a situation we couldn't understand or a situation we couldn't explain or a situation we couldn't fix. And we needed help. And we realized we were struggling. And we realized that Whatever happened, it was going to be a momentous decision. We're going to be looking today at Matthew chapter 1. We're still kind of in the Christmas story. It's not really a, 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 Christmas, um, a Christmas episode today, but it kind of is because it's still in the same, it's still in the same genre, it's still in the, in the, in the Christmas story. But we're looking at Matthew chapter 1. And Matthew is just given the, the genealogy of Jesus. And through that, we see all the different people that had a part in Jesus' life leading up to his incarnation. And then we get to verse 18 of chapter 1. And Matthew writes this. It says, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. And he's going to give us a, a just a rundown. It's not as elaborate as what Luke gives us. It's um, a little, a little more streamlined, if you, if you will. There are no shepherds here. Uh, he will talk about the wise men, which Luke does not talk about. He's going to talk about those in chapter two. We're not going to get to them, to them today. But he's given us kind of a, kind of the Cliff's Notes, if you know what the Cliff's Notes are, the Cliff's Notes version of the birth of Jesus, and it's really coming from. Joseph's perspective. Now, that's this is the line that he's given us. Um, he's given us Joseph's line um, as Jesus was ascended. Now, we know that Joseph wasn't Jesus's physical father. Uh, he was jo he was Jesus's earthly father. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he had no really no lineage there with Jesus, other than the fact that he was married to Mary. 
And so, um, so Joseph was kind of caught in a, uh, in a situation. He was kind of caught in a situation. And it says the birth of Jesus came about this way. This is how it came about. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. Now that word engaged there has a little bit more meaning than what we think of today. The engagement today is okay. Uh, if we get to the altar, great. If not, we'll just break it off. And that's not the that's not the idea here. The idea here is that they were virtually married, but they had just not come together um, in relations yet. Uh, they were not living together, uh, but they were committed to each other. This was something that they they couldn't back out of. They were uh, they were committed to each other, and so. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So, here's Joseph. Uh, he and Mary had not come together yet, so there was no way he was going to be the father of this child. Now, that puts him in kind of an awkward situation. And he really has to make some decisions here about what he wants to do with the rest of his life. And now in verse 19, it says, So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Now, the Bible says that Joseph, he was a godly man. He was a God-fearing man. He didn't want to publicly disgrace her. He could have during these times. He could have publicly divorced her Divorce proceedings would have would have happened, and she would have been publicly disgraced for being um, with child out of wedlock. And so, Joseph had some decisions he needed to make, and he had decided early on that he was going to divorce her secretly, not put her to public shame, not to ridicule her. Because he was a godly man, he cared for her, he loved her. However, this was something that he didn't really want to be a part of. But notice what it says in verse 20. But after he had considered these things, he thought about it. He took some time to think. He was not wanting to make any kind of rash decisions. After he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't do that. Don't be afraid. I think it's interesting that anytime the angel appears to somebody, they tell them, he tells them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of us. Don't be afraid of this situation. Don't be afraid of the things that are about to happen because God is doing something miraculous. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. You're about to see something miraculous. And she's going to give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now Matthew was all about the fulfillment of prophecy. And he says here in verse 22, now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
when John talks about, and we'll maybe talk about this maybe next week, but when John talks about Jesus, when Jesus came, the Bible says that uh, he literally pitched his tent. He came and dwelt. The word dwelt there means to pitch your tent, to, came in, to come and live with us. God came to live with us through the person of Jesus Christ. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And when Joseph got up from sleeping, when he got up from that dream, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He married her, but he did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. I think the lesson here is that we take time to consider. When we're faced with a situation that we don't understand, when we're faced with things that are happening in our lives that just are, are puzzling to us, when we're faced with things in our lives that just aren't happening or they're confounding us or they're making us ask questions, we need to take time to consider. So that's what Joseph did, verse 20. But after he had considered these things, Joseph took time to consider the situation. How many times have we acted rashly? How many times have we acted without thinking? How many times have we done things that we would soon regret because we didn't take time to consider. I know I have, and I'm sure you have too. I'm sure there's times in our lives where we've we've not really considered not only the consequences, but really the, the blessings that might come from doing something. And so as we think about that, as we think about taking time to consider, uh, three, three takeaways I want to give us. Whenever we're faced with a situation that makes no sense, whenever we're faced with a puzzling situation, whenever we're ready to make, trying to make a decision about something that's going to affect our lives or the lives of others, number one, take time to consider all the options. I'm sure Joseph took time to consider all the options that were available to him. And he chose one that he thought was going to be the best thing for him and for Mary. Now, his original decision wasn't the right decision and the angel was going to tell him that. But he took time to consider all the options. Take time to consider all the options in your decision. What's going to happen if you do this? What's going to happen if you do that? I'm, I'm a person that likes to run the, the counterfactuals. What happens if I do this? Or what happens if I do that? Or what happens if I change this? Or what happens if I fix this later? Or what happens if I move these two wires? Or what happens if, you know, we do this rather than this? And what are the outcomes from all of those things? Take time to consider all the options before making a decision. Take time, number two, take time to pray it through. <laughs> I know that's, 
usually goes without saying, but what I've realized over time is that things that go without saying usually need to be said. Take time to pray it through. Joseph took time to pray it through. After, when, the, when the angel came to him, he was praying it through. He had already made a decision what he wanted to do, but then the angel came to him and changed his mind. Take time to pray it through. Even if you've already made a decision, you haven't really made a decision until you've prayed it through. Pray it through and wait for God's answer. And the third thing is take time to make the right decision. I honestly think that Joseph thought his decision to divorce Mary was the best thing at the moment. I really think because he was working on uh, incorrect assumptions. He was working on incomplete data. He was working on just an incomplete set of numbers, an equation that wasn't going to add up. And I really think that he thought that he had the best interest of himself and Mary at heart when he made his initial decision that he was going to divorce her secretly. However, God had other plans. And so Joseph didn't, after he made his decision, he was, there was still time because he had not made that known. And the angel came to him and told him all these things that were about to happen. The angel filled in all the pieces, filled in all the gaps, filled in all the answers that Joseph needed to make a better decision than what the, than the information he had to begin with. And he took time to make the right decision. Take time. When you're faced with something in your life, when you're faced with a difficulty, when you're faced with a decision that you, that you know is going to affect yourself, it's going to affect your family, it's going to affect those around you, take time to make the right decision. See, we can learn a lot from the, the life of Joseph. Just in that small snippet of what we know about him. And there's not a lot that we know about Joseph. We know his, his lineage. We know uh, his family tree because Matthew tells us that in the first, um, first few verses there. We know that he was a devout man. The Bible tells us that. And we know that he was Jesus' earthly father. Other than that, we know almost absolutely nothing about Joseph because after the birth narrative, we don't hear from him again. But it was in this moment that he took time to consider all the options. He took time to pray it through. He took time to make the right decision after being given all the facts. And so should we. When faced with a decision, when faced with something that seems like it's insurmountable, even if you think you've already made the right choice, take time to consider. 
Thank you again for joining me on the Mercy Came Running podcast. It's my hope that it continues to be a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you enjoy what you hear each week, share it out to your friends and family who could also benefit from hearing an encouraging word. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.